All right, sweet. Hello, so, Mike. We're talking about strategies for uh, travel, right? And to how to travel strong and not to just like, I don't know, not to give people a hard time with strength training or like training while they're traveling. You know, you want people to enjoy it. But if you train to enjoy it with the purpose of enjoying it, like with the purpose of like squeezing the most out of it, mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's how I want to kind of frame the conversation, I guess. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, do you want to frame it like how you want to get the most out of it? And do you want to use before, during and after uh, the travel or vacation or how, what were you thinking? Uh, I was thinking mostly before and then like how it translates to during, you okay. know, I want to, I want to, I want to hear how your training prior helped you enjoy your, your, your most recent vacation basically, because I know your prior your training up to that was very useful type of training for what you were doing on your vacation. Exactly. Right. But you weren't like, Oh no, if I don't get good at this, I'm not going to be able to enjoy it. Like there wasn't that pressure, right? Well, th- there's no pressure because uh, any type of training, like, so say if you, if you have a specific training, like, so I went, what Mike is talking about, I w- or what you're talking about. I went to the beach uh, for a week last week, a very typical family vacation. And so I was training for a few months for the beach. But the thing with training for the beach, it's not like there was pressure to train for the beach because all all training for the beach is is just using certain implements and certain strategies that will be specific for the beach. But like a lot of working out is very like widely beneficial for you. And right. So- and you, the beach wasn't like your main priority in your training either. You know, like it was like a... I'm also training for the beach type of goal, right? Right. Well, that's the thing. It's it's either or. Like if I'm training, quote unquote, for the beach, then I'm also able, I'm also just training for life. And then right. if, if I'm training for life, there's certain little things I can do that will also help for the beach. So, so yeah, exactly. there's, there's no pressure or anything because it's it's kind of all similar and all related. Right. Especially when you train in like a functional strength type of way which I I feel like both of our methods are very functional right I I certainly think that I try and train functionally uh especially because I've noticed that there is definitely uh like a relationship between what I do in the gym and my strength outside of the gym Mm -hmm. but doing if you're if you're training for very specific things then I want to do very specific things in the gym or whatever my workout is, whether it's outside or, or anywhere. Um, and for like, uh, let me just say one example, of what I mean by that. Um, and I You're had it in my mind right now, by the way, I'm like, Ooh, and then example would be good here. <laughs> um, farmers carries. Okay? Right. So farmers carries with a dumbbell, uh, you know, your, your grip, well, we're not on video here. I'm like showing my hands here. <laughs> your grip is, is very gripped and like, like tight around that barbell. Right. Yeah. So, so when I'm doing a farmer's carry like that, it's, it's great for, I mean, you're building some of your bigger muscles uh, and, and definitely obviously some of your small muscles around your wrists and everything. Uh, but when it, for me, when it transfers over to real life, 
uh, it's more transferring like for groceries or carrying my luggage up the stairs or something like that. Right. Like the luggage that you're, that you're toting to and from all the places, you know, yeah. and then also kids, right? Well, well, so the, the, that's where maybe I have a little argument here is yeah. that like, so your kids, your your grip isn't going to be so tight. Like I feel like a lot of people think that farmers carries is just going to like a a great thing for carrying. Period. But well, what, okay. what what I notice for a farm a farmers carry is that it's very specific to a small grip. So like for for luggage with a handle and stuff that works. But just think of like how many bags you have to grab that don't have handles and how many. Uh, like maybe duffel bags that have a broken handle or like, you know, things like that. You don't, you don't really think about those mm-hmm. are, are different muscles that I think that you're using. You're so, still using some of the big muscles, but those grip muscles are a little bit different. Um, and so, so for instance, the farmer's carry, I was certainly doing some farmer's carry with plates, but I was, I was doing like, a, I don't know if you've ever done like squeeze grip uh, with the plates. Yeah. So, like a pinch grip. Pinch grip. Yep. So instead of using like a, a fist around the bar or anything like that, I'm right. using a pinch grip on either the plates or, or another type of implement. And or, or I was using my sandbag and like really, really gripping it. Mm-hmm. And those th- and like so that's like a huge that's like a huge bag. And I'm just gripping like basically the fabric around right. it. And like if you're trying to like I would explain it like if you're if you're doing shadow puppets and you're doing like the uh long fingers beak looking uh kind of animal, you know, like a duck or something like that with shadow okay. puppets, that's like a pinch grip. Yes. Yes. So so when you're incorporating something like a farmer's carry for a vacation, I would recommend doing both types of grips and, and all sorts of grips actually. Yeah. Um, like, and even different ways of loading it. I feel like too. Yeah, very much so. Uh, well, carries in general, not just a farmer's carry, but uh, all sorts of different. I mean, you can get very specific in all the different terms, but uh, just think about, yeah, carrying. If you have paper bag groceries and you have to carry those up the stairs, there's usually not grips on those. So right. you're you're kind of sticking them into your body and you're gripping with your like a like you're bear hugging uh, those bags. Right. Like a bear hug grip, I think, is one of the more transfer more easily transferable skills because that yeah. happens pretty often. So when you're doing a carry, I would just say be very well rounded with the carries. And you uh-huh. if you are training for specifically for vacation. Um, but on the other hand, why don't you just do it all the time? Because life is, you know, you go to the grocery store every week and sometimes the, the handles on the bag gr- break and all sorts of things. So just training. Well, Go ahead. And even Sorry. for overall health, um, carrying, I feel like, is a multi-joint, multi-beneficial exercise. You know, so you're, you're going to get that carry endurance, first of all, which is going to help you when you're on the trip. So you have endurance to hold the load in, in many different positions, you know, but their endurance just lung capacity wise and like leg and core capacity wise. Right. Even if we don't even, even if we don't think about the grips as much, just leg and um, core capacity and lung capacity wise, I think that helps a lot. And then 
just in daily life, if you're getting that much benefit, like you're getting leg endurance, you're getting core endurance, you're getting postural endurance, you're getting lung endurance, you're, that's a lot of different things for one exercise. It, right? It, it checks a lot of boxes and a lot of big boxes. Yeah. And those are, yeah, those are long-term health benefit type of boxes. Absolutely. And like, so like you said, no pressure to do it before going on vacation, just yeah. do it all the time. Just do it anyhow. Like care. I think Carrie's have been a part of my program for at least five or more years now on and off, you know, but never, never off for too long. I would yeah. say I, I actually trained uh, Carrie's a lot prior to both my kids being born. Oh, good. Yeah, because I like being able to carry them when they're really young without being super fatigued by it. Because <laughs> it's really annoying getting really tired carrying kids and they're asking you to carry them and you're just dead tired and you got a whole bunch of shits that you still have to do, you know? Yeah, I mean, and the kids are dead weight. Like, if they're really tired, you mm-hmm. know, they're, they're dead weight. And I think that's another thing I would like to talk about is that when you're when you're doing carries with, like, a kettlebell uh, or a barbell or something like that, like, you have a good grip on it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Change that over to something like a sandbag. Mm-hmm. And and that sandbag is wiggly and 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 pretty like and it's just dead and it's hard to grip and stuff like that. Yeah, that, sandbags are probably the m- most uh, similar, I would say. Yeah, carrying, carrying children in luggage. I really <laughs> like sandbags as a tool. I would say because that yeah. that trans that translates really well. Uh, a couple times on my vacation last week, so this would be my carry on my way home, right? I, yeah. would have, I would have two bags over over my head that are like kind of around my chest with the strap. Right. That, that was probably 30 pounds ish. Mm-hmm. And then I would carry this uh, a canopy, which was about four feet or five feet long, but it mm-hmm. had a nice handle. But mm-hmm. that that was about 30 pounds or so. So now we're talking 60 pounds. Right. And then a couple of those days, like once my kids were were dead at the beach, then they would want to, you know, be carried home. Right. And, and you so got I, how old are your kids, right? Two uh, and five? Three and six now. Three and six, okay. Yes. <laughs> That's right, because they both had birthdays recently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and so then I would carry them and then you're walking through the sand with like a kid and all these different things on top of you. And then Mm -hmm. it it would go from the sand to like some kind of dot, like a wood part where you would walk across and then maybe up some stairs or over the dune. And it was, I mean, I'm not going to lie, even with all the training, it was difficult, but I mean, I could walk the whole, I mean, it was probably 1500 yards or no, let's say a thousand yards from the beach to the house. Uh, with all that weight from the training that I was doing before. And I was pretty excited about it. I was like, oh, man, I feel pretty good. Yeah. Did you notice? Did you notice the benefits while you were out there? Did it feel like you had done you'd done the right thing a little bit? I was I felt really good. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's like another benefit of doing those type, that type of training. And really, that's loaded carries specific. But I'm sure there's other exercises that you notice the benefit of being being able to transfer to your vacation 
right? Like being able to be mobile enough, for example, to get into positions in odd positions to pick things up or to enjoy different environments, right? Yeah. So like, uh, I'll give you just an example of what happened. Uh, so that same picture, that same picture that I just painted earlier with mm-hmm. all the bags on me, the kid and everything. And then I'm walking and there was a couple behind me and they were like, Oh, you dropped something. And of course, first, first off, they could have just picked up the, the can that fell out of my bag and put it in my hand because they <laughs> saw everything that I was carrying. But second off, I just did it myself. So I had the kid and a, a thing like the canopy and I was able to squat down, pick up the trash, put it in the bag and then walk. And then I purposefully walked like directly behind this couple because they could have just could have just picked it up for me and, and been kind. Was it but... A young couple who obviously had no experience with children. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's that's where my brain goes with that. Yeah. No surprise. So what else were you, so that was, the, so these are kind of examples for the beach. I also think that for the beach, um, beach specific, if we're just talking about that real quick, mm-hmm. uh, the sand is interesting. And I wanted to talk to you about the sand and if you had any suggestions um, for sand training, because walking on the sand specifically, well, well, like, so what happens when you walk on the sand compared to walking on just regular concrete or whatever, it's significantly harder. Oh Yeah. It, is there anything that you would recommend to do uh, to kind of help that before you get to the beach? Uh, okay, bring it on. Yeah, so lower leg strength. Okay. So a lot of times people are working on their upper leg strength when they do leg days a lot. Yeah. They're not really thinking about their lower leg strength. So what I mean is if you look at your knee and you go up from your knee to your hip, that would be what I would consider upper leg strength. And you go from your knee down to your toes, that would be what I would consider lower leg strength. And lower leg strength is much more likely to be the bottleneck when you're walking through sand, I would say. And so it kind of goes back to one of my main obsessions, which is like foot health, you know, and ankle health and toe health and, and those extre- that extremity type of health because the extremities become your bottleneck in a lot of different scenarios, honestly, even just in getting stronger in the gym, you know? So I would say shin raises, tibialis raises, which is cool because they're getting popular now. I feel like yeah, calf raises, um, shin and calf raises in different types of footing type environments, you know? So like a calf raise on a hard floor, um, versus a calf raise with your feet hanging off of the stairs versus a calf raise maybe on a trampoline or a calf raise on a BOSU ball. Right. Those are all different kinds of in- environments that you can get a different type of adaptation to. And those can be really useful, not just for the sand, but also for getting stronger in the gym, because those are a lot of times the bottlenecks for people. Like when we do assessments for squat health, for example, and maybe you do an overhead squat assessment on a client or you'll look at not only their hip ability to get into a squat, you know, and their posture ability to stay upright with that squat, 
but also their ankle ability to keep their feet in a powerful position, which is that toes forward, uh, arches engaged, and having enough ankle mobility that they can get deep in that squat. Because it's not just the hips when you're squatting, it's that ankle mobility as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And shoes can help with that, you know, but sneakers are not going to help you on the beach very much. If anything, they're going to hinder you a lot of times is what people find. So you got to be able to, for example, walk barefoot for a good while without having much issue in order to be able to walk on a beach without much issue. Yeah. As soon as I get on the beach, I take my shoes off because it's awkward to walk in your shoes, in my opinion, at least. I would say most people feel the same. Yeah. Because most of my clients have told me the same thing and they're not super athletes in any in any way shape or form you know right right. yeah we did a couple mile walks on the beach and Mm -hmm. that was always barefoot and just some things i know because i i do try and walk barefoot around as much as i can but i don't do like a two mile walk or anything like that barefoot and so i just felt not not sore but just like my feet were used in a completely different way like after those walks Exactly, um, and and like I didn't wake up the next morning like I did squats or something like that, but I just felt like it was different, and and so I was just curious of what you thought. And those are really good examples. I love the tibialis and the calf raise because my calves were killing me uh, some, and I don't do direct calf training very often, and right. so that's a pretty good idea, I think, for the beach and also for really any vacation that you're doing, uh, like longer walks and things like that. Yeah, and the very and having a variability with that training only really comes from doing it often, honestly. Because if you if you add variability all the time, you're not really going to get that training stimulus. Mm-hmm. So what you need to do is you need to get good at one type of calf raise, for example, for about a four to six week period, which is a usual a typical program period, right. and then you need to switch it up and then get good at another one that's complementary to that. So that way you keep that skill and you build on it. And you build your range of motion and you build all those little surrounding muscles, you know, and those little parts of the muscle too. Like even you might be training the same muscles, but you might not be training uh, the area that's closest to your ankle or the area that's closest to your knee, depending on the range of motion that you're going through with your calf or your just your lower leg work overall. So train, keeping that training keeping that as part of your training throughout the year and throughout your training cycles, I think is, is where it starts to pay off the most. And you do that with your carries, for example, right? So you have that variability in the grip and the variability in the position of it. And then that makes you ready and available to, to do those things. But people don't do that with their lower legs as much. And I think that's where you can get that training benefit the most. I love it. All right. So lower leg training for beach work. Yeah. And I would almost say lower leg training for most walking type of expeditions travel wise. So do you want to move to like another example, like out of the beach onto like something else? So like a different land. Huh? Onto land. I think of Disneyland a lot or like theme parks a lot, you know? Yeah. Are you a big theme park fan, Mike? Like, do you like going to theme parks? I like going to theme parks. I haven't gone in a really long time, honestly. 
Well, you're a young dad. I mean, taking a, a three or a seven year or a one year or seven year old to the amusement park is tough because they can't ride a lot of the rides. Yeah, there's no point right now, basically. But it, it's gonna it's going to happen. I'm quite sure with with Zena because she is a little like adrenaline machine. That's <laughs> awesome. That's yeah. Adeline. Adeline goes on some of the small roller coasters, like at the fairs. Yeah, and I can't. We have a, a thing. Uh, we're checking her her height every month just for roller coasters yeah what is like the usual height is it like 42 inches i feel like it's something there's levels it's 42 48 and 54 is usually uh, those are the three levels so like 42 inch you can go on a lot of like the like the wooden roller coasters that that are fun i mean it can be a lot of fun but aren't as crazy Right, and then there—I don't know what the level of forty-eight is, but like certain roller coasters are forty-eight, and then the fifty-four is for like the the uh, I think they're called hyper hyper roller coasters or like any of like the real fast roller coasters that have any flips or inversions or anything. Yeah, the adult level. I don't think there's much past fifty-four. Once you get to fifty-four, you're pretty much clear for everything. Fifty-four, you're clear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're super excited for that. Um, so what kind of, what kind of training would you do for like Disneyland or, or something like that? Yeah. So those two, but then I would also actually add a little bit of cardio and honestly, like something like treadmill walking or, uh, bike might translate, you know, if you're doing loaded carries and lower leg work, because then you can kind of put it together. A little bit more easily but if you're not doing those two then you definitely got to do some type of cardio i would say something that gets the heart rate up and then something that teaches you how to bring it back down because a lot of times you're not doing long cardio as much you know you're walking to a place and then you're stopping and you're walking to a place and then you're stopping or you're rushing to a place and then you're stopping (laughs) Yeah, my wife and I, we used to go on those were like our yearly dates before kids. Uh, yeah, for both of our birthdays, we used to go to amusement parks. And we would go an hour early and be first in line. And we would run to to like the best, uh, the best rides in the park. Right. Uh, and so it would be like a sprint. And then you just you have to stand there. Uh, and then depending on, well, obviously if you're early, you don't have to wait in line a lot of times, but I was thinking about this. I mean, you're, you're, you have, you do sometimes have to stand for like an hour. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. is there, I know when I used to work in, well, just being a trainer or we used to work in retail after standing for eight hours, man, I mean, I was hurting like all around. Well, yeah. Like, What's the training for just stand, like having to stand there? Uh, I mean, obviously, probably just a little bit of core and a little bit of leg strength, right? Anything else? Well, you could do you could do different standing type movements. You could do things like I really like standing bird dogs, for example. I really like balance work, single leg balance work, for example. Um, I love balance. I think balance is actually a great idea for just standing around because. Because really, when you're standing in that line, it's always mm-hmm. awkward. You're like shifting and you're like turning around. You're just kind of like hanging on the side of the, the rope and things like that. I think balance. I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So single leg work, balance work. I think those can be really useful for long bouts of standing, for example. And then 
I mean, you can actually train standing holds uh, with weights and different postures, for example. And I really like those. So uh, an example would be something like you're holding a weight on one side and then you got your arm up pressing a weight on the other side. So you got that alternate load in different positions. So you're getting pulled in different positions. Is that called contralateral? I can't remember. It's called yeah. something. Yes. I think it's called contralateral. Yeah. 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 I haven't used that in a while because I used to use it a lot and it used to confuse the shit out of people. Well, that that specific carry is a carry that I think would would benefit a lot of these vacations. Like hold having a farmer's carry and say a farmer carries in your left hand and then a waiter's carry in your right hand. So right. It's, it's basically opposite, and you're having to stabilize your core. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you either walk or just standing, I really do like that. And maybe you can uh, mix that with those standing bird dogs. Um, it, it it really it really activates your entire core uh and your entire body at once instead of just your lower half and your upper half which i think is key for those those long standing like sitting in a line for two hours right and then i also like when you're in those lines if you can do some mobility and some stretch work or even you even a little bit of calves and shin work because a lot of times you're going to be using your calves more than your shins mm-hmm unless you're going downhill or you're going down grade grades a lot, for example, but you're going to be, you're just going to be going forward a lot, basically, right. <laughs> you know, so doing a little bit of uh, shin raises type work or stretching out your calves. There's a couple different calf stretches you can do when you're leaning on something. For example, those are really good things to do and to get used to doing even when you're not training for, a specific event like this, like when you're waiting in line at the grocery store to stretch out, get used to like stretching out your calves when you're waiting in line at the grocery store and that'll transfer because you'll think about it more. Yeah. Cause if you, some of those roller coaster lines, you wait an hour, two hours sometimes. And really if you're just standing, you're getting stiff. I mean, and then what happens if you are super stiff after those two hours and then you get on a ride that's like shaking you around and up and down and left and right. And and I feel like I feel like actually doing those little stretches during the line would actually translate really well. And maybe is actually a really good recommendation to do before you get on a a roller coaster, because. I, I even when I used to go on roller coasters a lot, I would definitely feel that like after a roller coaster, you feel like you've just done something right. And uh, and I wonder if like doing those little movements and whatnot would really help. It's like productive fidgeting, you know, <laughs> and I try to I try to get my clients to do it pretty often. I do it kind of naturally, honestly, just because of my the way my brain operates. I, I fidget. Well, I mean, even right now when we're talking, I got like five different fidget things I'm playing with that you may or may not see. You're, <laughs> I got a band here. I got a ball on the ground. I got like a whole bunch of shit I'm fidgeting with on the regular. That's funny. Your neat must be really high every day. It's pretty high. Jazz gets really pissed because she'll ask me what my activity looks like on my Fitbit because she's maybe like when she's had like a really active day. And she sees me like just having a normal day, for example. <laughs> and my Fitbit it will be like two or three thousand steps higher than her, basically. Which 
steps on the Fitbit means I've been like moving my arm, you know? Right. I was going to say, you can kind of cheat the you system. Always yeah, I kind of cheat the system when it's, when it's a wrist type apparatus because I just, I just move a lot in different ways really often, even when but, I'm sitting. But it also up. helps. Like, it would be cool if Fitbit could have, could sense that. And could sense like if you're just moving your arms and, and things like that, because like you just were talking about the fidgeting helps with your neat, which, uh, which we've talked about a lot in our last podcast, the neat athlete. And we used to talk about that a little bit more, but just doing those little fidgeting, right. those little stretching, I would be cool if it could add that in and really differentiate between steps and just uh, like non-active motion that you're doing every day. Right. I think the closest thing you can look at with Fitbit or any of the other ones is what your heart rate variability looks like. You know, so like your readiness and also how your heart rate changes throughout the day, which is not your heart rate variability as much, even though it sounds the same, but just how your heart rate changes throughout the day. You can tell when you've been active, even if your steps aren't high, you can look at your heart rate change throughout the day. And by you can also look at your caloric uh estimates a lot of times because those caloric estimates are more based on the combination of your heart rate and your steps so like how many calories you burned they usually quantify they get that by quantifying what your heart rate has been throughout the day and what your steps have been throughout the day and then your your current the weight that you tell it is your current weight for example all those things are calculated into what your estimated caloric burn is throughout the day. Dang, I love the data. You can get so much from that. Yeah, yeah, which is why these are these are recommendations that I talk about once again, even without people training for these type of events, you know, because these kind of things not only help you for Disneyland or going somewhere else, but being a little bit fidgety or doing a little bit of stretching here and there can really help with things like just body fat reduction, which is the big marketing tool. Almost every fitness trainer ends up talking about at some point or is asked about at some point, like, will this help my body fat reduction? Well, this, this will probably help your body fat or at least your energy usage throughout the day without you having to feel like you're working out all the time. So yeah, yeah, so if you're just trying to take some small steps and maybe not go into a full routine, just starting with that little stuff can definitely definitely increase. Like if you go from sedentary to start doing these things we were just talking about, I mean, you can definitely, I would say almost definitely start seeing some decrease in body fat or at least some weight, just depending on kind of how you're eating or what you're doing. Right. You want to talk about ways we would program this into like a typical weekly workout routine sure sure let's do it like okay so like when would you start this so say you have a vacation starting in like july okay and are we talking about an untrained individual or a moderately trained individual let's just say mm, they've worked out a little bit but not a lot okay a little bit so maybe like weekend warriors but they're not very consistent yeah they they have a desk job 
Um, yeah. and, and so like during the week, it's kind of hard to work out. They might get maybe a workout or maybe a, a run or something in during the week. And then they mm -hmm. have like a good workout on the weekend. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I really love the, where are they going? Where are they going? Where are they going? Are they taking a plane? They going to the Bahamas for the beach, or uh, we we did beach, we did amusement park. Right, uh, yeah. What's the other most common type of vacation you would see with parents? Ooh, oh, with parents. So we're talking with parents. I was just gonna go like skiing or snowboarding, but those are really hard as parents. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking with as parents. So let's do a foresty like cat. Let's say like a cabin in the woods that. Yeah. Okay, let's do like a, a glamping kind of trip of some sort. Yeah, with a with a car ride, not a plane ride. Okay, a long car ride. Yeah. Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah, you start. Okay, so warm up, lower leg uh, mobility and activation. Are we starting say. six weeks out or what? I wish people plan that far ahead, but I would say that most people plan ahead is like a month. Okay. <laughs> All right. So four weeks, four weeks before we're like, Oh shoot, we need to get ready for this vacation. We're yeah. going to the wood. We're going to the cabin. Uh, we're bringing the kids. Uh, and it's a five hour drive. All right, let's do it. And I want to enjoy it. I want to enjoy it. I want to do more of these throughout the year, but this is like the test one. Yep, we might be going on a little hike. So, you know, I want to make sure that I have a little bit of cardio and can be able to, you know, walk uh, with right. the kids. Right, exactly. All right, there's okay. the picture, picture painted. I would also state that four weeks is probably like the bare minimum to actually get a training stimulus, by the way, because you're going to start getting that training stimulus the earliest in like two to three weeks, you know? So, and then like use it a little bit in three to, in that three to four week time frame, And then it's time to hit it. Well, that's the thing. Well, this is the most common, right? Nobody thinks that far in advance. And right. so, so I think, unfortunately, how many times do you get a client that just say like, okay, I have a wedding in three weeks, uh, train me, make me look amazing. And you're <laughs> just like, uh, but that's so common, right? Even more daunting, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's like do you want to gain all the weight back and more afterwards because that's where you're headed but in this case in this case i think you actually can get some benefits from training specifically for that event because some of it is even your brain getting used to what it's going to feel like so you didn't get so you don't get caught unaware and then your nervous system freaks to freak out and then you get even more tired than you should be getting. So this is more almost getting your brain ready than it is getting your muscles ready, as weird as that sounds. Well, I, there certainly are the side benefits before we even get into the actual training. I mean, you're going to have probably a little bit less stress going, mm -hmm. in, going into the vacation because, you know, just uh, exercise is a natural stress reducer. Right. Uh, you're you're going to naturally feel a little bit better. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there are a bunch of side, always a bunch of side benefits to exercise uh, without even talking about the plan first. Right. Okay. So first thing I would say is warming up. A good warm up would probably be something like lower leg training, 
and maybe some postural type of mobility work. So things like calf raises, shin raises, and probably things to open up the spine, like some cat cows or some spine rotations, mm-hmm. for example. So that way you can check in on your posture. You can check in on your spine and see how everything is feeling. And that way you get practice of being aware of that. And then maybe a little bit of balance priming before you get started. Okay. And that would be your, you would work up from the floor to that standing balance training type okay. of work where you do like a 30 second single leg hold, for example, you know, on both sides and then hit it. Time to hit the weights. Perfect. I love it. Love it. Maybe some yeah. wall, maybe some wall angels in there. Yeah. Like for some, posture, yep. Some wall angels. angels. Some exactly what you're doing right now. Some uh, like some band pull aparts or some band dis. I think they're called dislocates. Yeah, where you go over and back behind the head and then in front of the head. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like those for posture a lot. Yeah, that's one of your favorites, right? You do that all the time. I do that all, every day. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do it as my fidget thing, obviously, which is what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep the bands nearby, so I don't have to do it as much. That's the other thing. When you do the fidget stuff and the non-exercise active thermogenesis, the neat work. Yeah. If you do it throughout the week, you don't have to put it into your program as much as right. well. So if you're doing these things that we just talked about in your warm-up throughout the week, then you, you'll actually get the benefits a lot more quickly. So that w- that might be a little side if you only have a short period of time to really push into that daily fidgeting, moving, little mobility, movement snack type work just randomly. Well, well, you and I, we always talk about those. Like I, I, I think it's very important to have your own checklist of things that, that you do every day that's kind of away from your workout because those are most important for you. And if we're talking specifically about uh, a trip to the cabin or whatever, then maybe that's a great idea. Just literally every single day, you do these little two or three minute uh, movement snacks, uh, as you call them, which I love that name, um, very specifically for that trip, which I I really like. Yeah, so that's going to be probably where you're going to get the most bang for your buck in terms of getting that adaptation as quickly as possible, I would say. But then in your workout, what would you say you would do in terms of like your actual exercises in your workout? Oh, well, shoot for, for actual exercises for a, like a cabin trip. Uh, well, obviously I, I, I prefer like some one leg stuff. So if it's a, we're, we're talking about a moderately trained client. So maybe like a, a split squat, uh, would be pretty good in there. Um, and anything for your upper back, like I like for the posture. So, I mean, we're talking anything from a cable row uh, to, you know, a dumbbell row or anything like that. I, I'm pretty, I keep it fairly simple with like my, my workouts. Um, and so just gaining a little bit of lower strength. I like something like a split squat over a regular squat uh, in those four weeks because the split squat will help a little bit more with balance and core, um, which I think can relate a little bit more to going on your trip where you're carrying. I like split squat, yeah. Where you got to kneel down with a load, for example. 
Yeah, because mm-hmm. you might be picking things up off the ground a lot, picking your kids up. Um, and so I, I just I, I always like that movement. Um, I even do that movement uh, fairly regularly myself, um, just because I, I think it's very good for you. Yeah, I think the rear foot elevated split squat is getting a lot of attention lately from a lot of people. I, I blame the booty workouts. Basically. Yeah. But blame is a harsh word. I like the rear foot elevated split squat as well and split squats. And the nice thing about those is you can work on balance, but it's not as hard as having one foot off the ground. Yeah. Well, the the rear foot, that's also called, called a Bulgarian split squat too. Right. Like if people are, are thinking about that, that's a lot harder than, yeah. than a regular split squat. I'm just saying yeah. like, like well, so- yeah. If it's moderately trained, like if it's moderately trained, I would say maybe go with the split squat. But if that's too easy for you, you can definitely do the rear foot elevated split squat. Um, but that is a tough one, and it's tough to uh, find. It's tough to get the balance on that, so that does help with balance a lot. And, yeah, and that's next level, though. Forget I said. Forget. <laughs> I said. Don't don't expect your weight to be the same as a split squat either when you go to the RFESS. So yeah, yeah, the RFESS exactly. <laughs> but I, I actually love that exercise, by the way. So yeah, ditto, ditto. But something to work up to, maybe. Exactly. And then, of course, the things we talked about that, that would probably be this is probably where we would be putting them in, even though it's a different environment. Carries are going to help you again for example, right? So, but maybe the carry, you might want to do like a backpack type carry or a ruck type carry, you know, or if you have a weighted vest, that would be a good one. You could also do a kettlebell carry where you hold it at your chest height. Yeah. Pull it into your body. I've seen some people do a pullover type of carry where they're, they're holding the weight behind their head with their elbows up high. Yeah. And they're just working on walking like that. I like, I like that. that because that's one part stretch, but then it's also more similar to a carry that you would do with a backpack on or something like that. Right, right. So, okay. So let's kind of frame it a little bit. So mm-hmm. when we have one day, so right now we have our movement snacks that we're doing every day, all right, mm-hmm. uh, for posture and particular things for your body. Right. And then I would say, let's, I would do one day, that's a full body workout kind of where I was going. Where mm-hmm. it's uh, where you do just very basic strength exercises in mm-hmm. all the movement patterns, yep. and then maybe either so that's one day, and then your second and third day, I would say incorporate like some carries, mm-hmm. um, and really maybe the third day could be a little bit of both. Right. Yeah, I like that. That works real well. Yes, <laughs> and exactly. And I like finish if you're doing both. I like doing the carries more of as a finisher because if you do them at the beginning they're gonna make everything else harder basically true but if your main goal I mean, we could argue about how to structure workouts right? right but like it doesn't really matter that much like i mean it yeah. does because if it is harder then you're getting better at doing the things when you're tired right right and and if you're at a vacation or something like that okay so you get to the, so this is one thing I wanted to talk about with the beach trip, but we can translate it to the cabin while we're talking about this. Yeah. So right. When you get out of the car, you get a five hour drive, right. And then you get out of the car. Yeah. And, and then immediately you're unpacking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? 
think about that a five hour mm-hmm. drive and then immediately walking up two or three flights of stairs with 30 bags mm-hmm. so, so if we are uh creating step ups by the way would be a great strength exercise step ups would be awesome for for, for this yeah yes. and if you're hiking or anything like that it could help um and yep. And so, so if you do the carries, I mean, you could argue that the carries could go at the beginning of your workout. For that um, exact reason, yeah. For that, for that reason, um, and, and so that was just a little quick side note, and then you can get back to the program, because I know that's what you're best at. Uh, when you get out of the car, stretch. Yeah, that's. I think that's very important and something that I didn't even think about when when I got to the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was like it's like a good 30 minutes of unpacking right like after a five seven hour drive or whatever and yeah. i felt pretty bad after that um like because i just have lower back issues and your piriformis gets super tight when you're yep. when you're in the car yep. and and especially if you're the driver especially if you're the driver mm-hmm. and and that's just a that's a mistake that that i make because well, as a parent, you're not always thinking about it. even somebody who thinks about exercise all the time, like me, when mm-hmm. when you're a parent and you just were in the car with seven hours with a three year old and a six year old, and then you have 30 minutes of work that of of carrying after that, you're not thinking about stretching or anything like that. But I do recommend to think about it because you can definitely get hurt if you just start carrying walking up and down the stairs after being so tight. Uh, and then you have to carry all your luggage. Just a little side note. Yeah, well, I think that's a good side note because I think you can work that in to your cool down, actually, with your workouts. So the exercises that you would do, for example, as your movement snacks during your trip, like when you're getting gas and when you're getting and when you're just getting done or arriving at your destination to do before you start like carrying all those things would be really good exercises to do as your cool down. And then you just try and implement those when you're actually driving and en route to your trip. Oh, I love that. So like you practice them for that whole month, knowing mm-hmm. that these are like your key exercises that you can do during that during the drive or even like kind of throughout the day or whatever while you're on the trip. Mm-hmm. 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 I, really, I really like that. Yeah. So and one of the ones I like to do a lot is a quad or a hip flexor stretch with your foot behind you, for example, but you just put it up on the bumper. Okay. So say you're getting gas, for example, and you got the gas pumping and you're leaning up against the car. You put your, you do a, you grab that ankle behind you and you put it up on the car, up on the bumper or up on any kind of ledge or whatever that you can, that you can reach with your foot. Yeah. And then you hold on to something so you don't have to worry about the balance as much. And then you just work on getting that pelvic tilt and getting that stretch in that hip flexor. Oh. And, you can do, and you can do that in a whole bunch of different places. And then another one I like a lot is, and, and I think this could be something that would be very useful for people to just remember throughout their daily life again, is having a lacrosse ball or a small tennis ball. I really like those actually. They're... I don't even know what they're called or why they're so small, but there's like mini tennis balls. Do you know what mini tennis balls are used for? I, I'm not sure. Uh, you're not talking about a squash ball? No. I, no, it looks like a tennis ball, but it's tiny. You know what? It might be like a dog toy or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
now that I think about it. But I have a couple of mini tennis balls. Yeah. That I really like for road trips. Oh, okay. A lot. Because you can put them, um, and if you want to, you can get real crazy about it. Is you can duct tape two of them together and make like what's called a peanut. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Example. And you can put that on your seat when you're sitting in the car. And that can be in between your shoulder blades and your spine. So both balls are on the sides of your shoulder blades. And then like that gap in the middle is where your spine sits. Yeah. And it's, man, that, that has saved me in so many long road trips. Just having that there because my neck will start to get tired, like pushing forward, for example. Yeah. And it reminds me to push down. And then you get that little bit of like massage behind you and you find some tight spots when you're on the highway for like 40 miles, just nonstop. That's so smart. I love that. And then you could do that as your cool down. For example, you do some, some, it's called uh, smashing or um, I forget what the pop term is for using like balls and foam rollers and all that kind of stuff. Oh, myofascial uh, release. There we go. Myofascial oh, release. It's, I'm sorry. It's actually called myofascial rolling now, not release. They got rid okay. of release. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because release isn't really as accurate. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. SMR. SMR. You can just call it SMR. It's still SMR. Yeah, it's still SMR. That's true. Yeah, but doing something like that, for example, while you're driving, like keeping something on your seat, for example, that you can – kind of dig into and check those postural muscles and also stretch and stretch yeah. them out. I, I like uh, an, another example for me would be an elevated pigeon stretch. Oh yeah. Which mm-hmm. you can do on the bumper of the yep. car. Yep. Um, and get the hips opened up. Get the, and that helps a little bit with the piriformis too, mm-hmm. which, get, mm-hmm. which gets super tight mm-hmm. um, and, and the hips. So I, I really like that stretch as a kind of, either while you're driving as a movement snack or your cool down, uh, you know, of your workouts or, right. you know, right when you're done before you start carrying everything up the stairs, you, you do one of those, but keep it a little. Now, remember though, we're not doing, we're trying to keep it a little active. Dynamic. Um, yeah. Right. Like we're, we're moving in and out of this stretch. We're not just like holding and bearing and grinding into it as yep. much. Yeah, because you want to kind of wake them up and activate them more than just statically stretching them when you're when you just get out of the car, if you're about to do a bunch of movement. Yep, exactly. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. So so we kind of framed it pretty good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is there anything you wanted to add? Do you have a hard stop here? Yeah, I got to run. I got to run. I got got a whole bunch to do today. We got we got retirement party. We got. Oh, and then and then I got to help my wife because her ankle and and now I'm a single parent almost for a little bit. <laughs> Basically, until her ankle swelling goes down because she hurt her ankle. Long story short. Long story short. All right, yeah. cool. Well, I did. I think we did a great job of uh, of talking about vacations and how people can can work out before uh, and then also on the trip. Um, and so, if there's anything else you want to add, go ahead and add it. But if not, I think we're good to go. We're good, man. I'll see you. Oh, I'll see you tomorrow. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. I'm excited. Bye, everybody. Peace. Have a good one.